Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another Lost episode, uh, an episode about Lost. We haven't lost this one and just found it again, or maybe we did and we're releasing it. I don't know. Uh, we're up to episode four of season six, the final season, The Substitute, not The Prostitute. just wanted to clarify that in case some people thought it was The Prostitute. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But this episode is called The Substitute. First set on the... My jokes are really getting worse. The 16th of February 2010 it aired. Oh, go back to those days and that joke didn't exist. Um, it was written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and directed by Melinda Sue Taylor and directed by The Tucker Gates. Um, and I'm looking forward to this because I, I don't know how Noah feels about it. My name is Ben and, well, I guess I better put some pants on. And my name is Nora, and who are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> who is she? Um, the Substitute. No, I thought there was a lot more teaching in this week. I, I didn't realise that it was only like one scene of teaching. And how does Locke become a teacher? Like, can anybody just go to a job agency and become a teacher? I just want to get this over and done with right away now, because, like, this confused me. This whole episode, I'm like, hey, there's Helen, she's back. But then all of a sudden, the last scene... Locks a substitute teacher. So if I just go down to Centrelink and say I need a job, oh, you can become a substitute teacher. Don't need any qualifications. Here you go. Um, anyway, the substitute. I like this episode. I think it's a good episode. Are you forgetting who you're talking to? Locke can't tell him what he can't do. Oh, I'm a teacher and where are my qualifications? Oh, well, that's different. Like, you just stare at people and pretend to teach them English. <laughs> Well, I don't know. He, he just tells them to run. <laughs> like I could do that. Legally, I can't. I can't be within a certain amount of metres of kids. But, hey, um, the substitute, Noah, not the prostitute. <laughs> uh, what joke was worse, that prostitute joke or more more error? What Kate does. What Kate, okay. Uh, wasn't an option, but, yeah, the substitute. Yeah, it's an improvement on last week. Um I'm glad that we don't have to go to the temple this week. I said last week, I can't remember what they do at the temple. Well, clearly I can't remember because they didn't go to the temple. Um, So that was a nice break. I think it's nice to pop in in with these characters for a bit um, because I couldn't give two shits about anything that's happening at the temple right now. Uh, Yeah, I feel like what's happening on island is so sort of mysterious and like big on the mythology aspect of the show where it feels a little mismatched with what's happening in the flash sideways. It's a bit like 
when Ethan gets killed and we're watching in a flash sideways, Charlie having issues with photocopiers and <laughs> whatever happens. So you are everybody. <laughs> You're all, all everybody. Uh, so I feel like it's a bit mismatched. Uh, and this is our last individual lock episode, uh, but he'll have a lot later in the flash sideways, but, uh, yeah, it's it's not one of Lost's all-time greats, but Terry O'Quinn gives an amazing performance all around in the sideways and the island this time around, so much better than what we saw last week. I think what I really like about it is the mystery stuff because, it. again, I remember watching this live going, ooh, what's this? And, like, I think I just got really taken back to this whole section with old gummy Joe and Sawyer going on a little adventure. That's nice to see them hanging out. Um, but, yeah, and I think kind of that really just – I really like that. And I love seeing TV's Katie Seagal back. Never say no to TV's yeah. Katie Seagal. Here she is, chilling. Um, we get the return of uh, nearly Oz Network's Randy Nations. Um, did yeah. you ever reply to his message when he replied to you? <laughs> that was about four years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, Matthew Fox. No Matthew Fox. Uh, ah, speaking of which, do you have any Matthew Fox quotes for us this week? No, any uh, updates? I've been on Matthew Fox watch, yeah. and there's nothing. Okay, we just—I well, mean—we're dating this even more because uh, at the time of recording this, we decided to push back season six of Lost to about April, beginning in April. So uh, by by then, he's probably like won an Oscar for—I don't know—that brief appearance he had in West Side Story that no one knew about. So yeah, yeah, no, no news, but. That's fine because we're used to that, uh, so that's not rattling the boat. But I have a quote from Amazing Matthew Fox quotes. Good. That's uh, what if I you want, want to hear it, number Absolutely. twenty-five. Uh, today's Catholic Church seems to reward authoritarian personalities who are clearly ill, violent, sexually obsessed, and unable to remember the past. Oh, very insightful from classic Matthew, Matthew Fox. Just that's just... why I wasn't on the episode. He was too busy writing. He loves the Catholic Church, Matthew Fox. Like he goes around punching bus drivers, punches bus drivers and goes and prays. Like that's that's what he does. That's just a Matthew Fox thing. Um so let's get off island the flash side. It's going to say a boon appearance. Sort of. Uh he was in the previously on Lost. (laughs) Ah, Boon. You missed Boon. Uh but he's old gummy Joe. Um, off uh, in his little lockmobile. Can I ask a question? I don't know if this is... I, I really don't mean to this sound offensive. Great way to start a question. But, like, he's in this van and, like, I get it. People in wheelchairs can drive cars. But, like, because I, I can't really see inside of this vehicle. So is there no, like, driver's seat? Does he have to, like, lock the... <laughs> lock, like, lock the wheelchair in place? And I'm guessing he can use his feet for accelerators or does he have like hand paddles or something like that do you like do you know how these work <laughs> i don't know uh well i feel like considering he uh completely lost all feeling in his legs i don't know how it works um hand paddles are a thing know, like that is actually a thing get out yeah, you can, like, modify. There was um, an ex-Formula 1 driver called Alex Zanardi who lost both of his legs in an accident, so they modified racing cars so he could use his hands um, as, like, accelerator and, and brake. Like, obviously, you have to use your hands in a racing car. You kind of got to steal yeah, it. Steer it. steer it. Well, I mean, like, I, I like Formula 1 cars, for example, you change gears with – got paddles behind the wheels, right? So you use your hands to change gears while you're steering. So I guess it would be a similar – 
I don't know. They're smart. People can do shit like that. So I'm guessing locks. You can't tell them you can't drive. So of course they're going to make shift something here. But uh, poor old, it is true. Poor old Gummy Joe though. The afterlife isn't nice to his uh, machinery because he's stuck on his ramp and he's got to go nee and like try and go off, but he falls flat in his face and sprinklers oh. are there. Poor old Gummy Joe. He's having a hard day. <laughs> uh, but who just happens to be there? It's his fiance. It's TV's oh. Katie Seagal. It's Lilu. Season two, would you believe? Is it really? Wow. Yeah, okay. It makes such an impression that you wouldn't think. It's um. It's She's it's. Great. What's the face? Bundy, Mrs. Bundy. Uh, all the roles that she has played. We love Katie Seagal. Um, great. And uh, next we see Lock in the Bath. If you've always wanted to see Lock in the Bath, here he is, choosing colours. Um, yeah, well, like, I just I kind of want to see what's going on downstairs, like naked old, um, <laughs> naked old. Uh, does, does things work elsewhere then, like for him and Helen? Like, no? Um, well, but we find more to life than that, Ben. I wouldn't know. Do you? you Stop offending know. all of our wheelchair listeners. They're a big demographic in our Oz network. Well, they've got nothing else to do. Of course they're listening to us. <laughs> well, I mean, what? They can't work construction. So they listen to podcast. They can teach Jim. Could you teach True. Jim? No. <laughs> That's what I mean. They're better than I am. So, you know, everyone is. Uh, so anyway, Helen is on the phone. They're discussing their wedding. We find out they're engaged and she's sick of planning a wedding. Uh, Locke's deciding between the color of the back of a chair in the bath. Cause why wouldn't you? And Locke's like, Hey, we should just get a shotgun wedding in Vegas. And <laughs> we even get a sort of a bit of a line here that Locke's close with his dad because it's kind of like, we can just invite my parents and your father. So in the afterlife, Locke is cool with dad. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then Snoopy Helen finds business card uh, from Jack. It's a bit of a snoop this episode. Who's on the phone? What's his card doing in your pocket? Um, I like it when he picks the wrong colour. Yeah. Like, no. I think this one. Really? I meant this one. Locke is such a man because I would be the same. Just like, yeah, well, and Helen's such a woman. Uh, so, I mean, both both Locke and Helen are playing up to gender stereotypes. I would be doing the same as give a shit. Like, whatever. You'd be naked in the bath. Um, this has got to imply well, that you'd get I married one day. I haven't had a bath in maybe about seven years, and most single households in Korea have a, a wet room where the toilet's in with the shower. So I would kill to just sit in the bath for one one bathing session. You do smell, so I was wondering when you I don't even it. like baths. It's just the fact I can't have I love baths. Baths are amazing. Don't get started on baths again. Listen to 007. Our recap of You Only Live Twice. To... What do you do? You just sit there. It's boring. But it's like nice and hot and you put some candles on, some music, have a beer, have a glass of wine, put some candles in there. It's relaxing. Yeah? Make it a bit manly. <laughs> I'd have a beer in the bar. <laughs> That's, um, uh, I know you're a big Friends fan, but it's like when Chandler's having his bath and he's like, I've got my boat. See? He's, he's, a, he's a man. Uh, so anyway, this card, is, of course, is um, uh, what's his faces? Um, Jack, that's our hero. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's that guy who's in this show? Who's our hero? Yeah, um, just uh, live alone, die together, or something like that. Um, and Helen's like, "Hey, you should call Jack, the spinal surgeon." 
Uh, it could be Destiny. Uh, oh, well done, Helen. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, see, this is where this episode confused me because, again, I just always thought that like, in the afterlife, Locke was just a teacher. But no, he's still at his box company. Here he is <laughs> at his desk, um, love and life. And who do we see? Our beloved Randy Nations, nearly the Oz Network's Randy Nations. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically he knows that Locke went to Sydney and didn't go to these meetings. Uh, so, And this kind of goes back to what I think we obviously forgot this little plot point when, I mean, let's say it, I was right. So when he was talking to Boone back on the plane and he was like, oh, yeah, I went on a walkabout. And I was like, oh, he's lying, isn't he? Um, so clearly on the company dime, I'm sorry. I'm team Randy nations here. He flew like this company paid thousands of dollars for Locke to go to a business meeting and he didn't show up to it. Like Locke's just like, eh, make it my holiday. Like this, like $2,000 return, $1,000 worth of accommodation, food, incidentals. This is like a $5,000 trip that this poor box company has paid for him and he's just buggered off to get rejected from being on a walkabout and get back on a plane and talk to Boone. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm Team Randy Nations. This is a this is the most sanest thing Randy Nations has done. Tell me I'm right here. Yeah, that's true. At the time of uh, at the time of recording this week, I'm going to some sort of something like this, uh, being put up in a hotel. If I just didn't show up, then oh, I was going to the bar. Uh, I'm sure I probably would be fired too. I've I've been flown multiple times for work and I've always done what I've had to be there. I've not wanted to on some occasions, but, hey, I'm there. I didn't want to go see cats, but I did. <laughs> um, like, put a gun to my head. A couple of days in Sydney, sure, I'll go see cats. But, like, the best thing is, it's like when you – I remember one trip I went to for work and I found out, like, day two where basically I could get, like, room service and all the drinks, like, everything was paid for. Like, I was like – Fuck, I've been going out to McDonald's every night. Fuck it, I'll have the caviar, I'll have the Dom Perignon, I'll, I'll have everything. Load her up. Rupert will pay for it. So, uh, LA to Sydney company trip, and he didn't show up to the meeting. I know, that's so like- that Blah, blah, was waiting, and you never showed up. Oh, I was feeling a bit sick. It's not like he went to Seattle. Like, I mean, this is the other side of the world. Like, I mean, I, I am so on board with Randy. Now, he should be fired here. Uh, so fair but point here. We can get the, the walkabout man then again. You what? You want him back again? Yeah, I want him in the afterlife, telling Locke he can't <laughs> do what, what he wants to do in the, in the afterlife. But he, he's nicer in the afterlife. He's Locke. He's like, oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. I tried. Um, yeah, nice to have Randy back one last time. Randy's a fun character. We haven't had him since what season one. No, he was at season three. Remember at Mr. Clucks in oh, Trisha yeah. Tanaka, who was there? That's right. Yep. Uh, so Locke's being fired. Poor old Gummy Joe goes down to his car again. But uh, lo and behold, there's a big, giant, yellow four-wheel drive parked. And got to say, is it really parked that close to? Like, I'm looking here. There's like a bit on the line. But, I mean, bit of a dick lock in this yeah, episode. Hurley is probably right in this one as well. <laughs> yeah, like, like, and because, like. and wrong in everything in this and, episode. And, like, Locke has a point. He doesn't have to park in a handicapped space. Like, but, like, but, like you can clearly see. Yeah, well, there's, like, lines on the ground there to allow the so door to open. I can't park. So, like, arrogant lock. <laughs> <laughs> just entitled Locke in this episode. Um, in the afterlife, like, you know, he's nice, but now he's turned into a dick. 
Um, so he gets all angry because he can't. He's got to ramp or old Hurley's car, but won't even open. Um, well, the thing is, even if Hurley wasn't close, that ramp is not going to fit with any car yeah. park next to him. Exactly. So kind of your own fault there, buddy boy. Um, <laughs> I like Hurley here. I like Hurley in a suit. It looks good in a suit. It pulls it off. And very happy Hurley. Uh, so Hurley's like, hey, I own the company. I love Locke's reaction when he kind of puts his hand up. He's like, oh, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> and basically, it's almost like Hurley wants to put a hit out on Randy Nations. Oh, you want me to speak to him? He's like, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> and he just happens to own a, a recruiting agency. Of course he does. Uh, <laughs> so he's just like, call this number. They'll get you a job. Like, does Hugo ring this place up and it's like, hey, sort my old buddy Lockout. Like, if I read in the paper, like, that if I went to Amazon, right, and I was all of a sudden like, um, yeah, my mate Jeff Bezos said you'd hook me up with a job. Oh, Jeff, classic oh, Jeff. Come on in. Like, I mean, I can just name drop anyone. And, like, are they going to give me a job? Like, surely you're going to give me a bit of a heads up, right? That's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking... Uh, we know Randy Nations is a douche, but Hurley doesn't know why Locke got fired. Maybe it was like some sexual harassment. <laughs> or like, true. <laughs> and, and let's not forget that he did waste $5,000 of the company's money. So yeah. Hurley was so quick to just be like, oh, you got fired? I'll get you another job. Like, he could have, like, murdered someone. Like, he could have, like, he said sexual assault. Like, he could be insider trading. Like, I mean, I like, it could, who knows what he did? Terrorism. Uh, He's, he's bald. Uh, he could be evil. Yeah. Have you wow. ever been fired from a job before? Besides Have I been fired from a job? Network, we haven't told you about yet. Uh, well, that's why I was getting those weird messages. I mean, does like not being kept on because it was a Christmas, like a school holiday job, be oh, count? I like, that too. I don't yeah, think I mean, that Have I been fired? No. No. I, um, I thought I was going to get fired, so I quit. Um, like it wasn't because I did anything wrong. It's just, there was kind of like a change in management and they became a bunch of douches and were like firing, like literally somebody got fired because they asked for a raise. They're like, Oh, I'd like a raise. And like, I know you're fired. So I was like, Oh, okay. This is going to shit. I'm going to leave. Um, but no, I've never been fired. Have you been fired? Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Planned to doing something. (laughs) Wow. Well, no, I've actually got something to tell you today. Um, Cable's really into Lost all of a sudden. Oh, so, um, yeah, this is awkward. Uh, <laughs> Cable has been fired. Uh, <laughs> oh, Ben. Uh, so, anyway, old Gummy Joe goes goes to the recruiting agency where we meet the uh, – this was the um, – the, what was he, the fortune teller woman? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised you picked up on that. In all fairness, I'm looking at this woman going, this woman's familiar, and I've just looked her up on uh, Lost Peter. I'm going, oh, okay, now I remember. In this episode too. I, I like these little cameos in the afterlife. Like, put it, Let's just chuck all these characters in. She, lo- she just looks familiar. So, But who is this woman? Like, what sort of animal do you equate to? <laughs> like, sorry, like, I'm, I'm with Locke. Okay, I've, I've been anti-Locke all episode, but now I'm with Locke. If I'm sitting there and they're all like, I, I've I've done plenty of these things. Like, when you get Centrelink in Australia, you go on the dole, you've got to be forced to go to these stupid workplace things and try and find you a job. <laughs> Hate those fucking... Although I will say, when I was in Queensland, they did spend, like, $500 on me, like, buying me interview clothes, and I'm like, 
got a wedding to go to in three months. Yeah, I would totally wear these to a interview. Wore them to the wedding, never wore them again. Thanks, uh, work. When I went to one of them, they asked me if I had smoked weed. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you said no, because you're Noah. I, I didn't answer. I, I would have been like, yeah, so? <laughs> like, no, I, I just come back from living in the Netherlands and then uh, one of the working people, oh, did you smoke weed there? I'm like, you're not allowed to ask that. You're fired. <laughs> Who are you? I want your badge number. Um, now you're, you're looking for the job. But how does this woman have a job? Like, what sort of animal are you? Like, oh, definitely a, a, a snake. I'm terrible. I go behind my boss's back. I fly to Australia on the company's money and don't fucking like a weasel, maybe. You know, like, and I love, I love Lockheed. Just like, oh, let me speak to your supervisor. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> Why does she get to be in the afterlife and Frank Lapidus doesn't? <laughs> because she's very important to the mythos of Lost. Um, really important. But who should be the supervisor of this company? It's Rose! Yay! Hey, Rose. It's cameos galore in this episode. I know, but I like Rose here in a business suit and a purple shirt. Business she actually suits this role very well. I could see Rose being like a manager of a recruiting agency. Like, good casting. I see it. Um, but basically, she's firm Rose because Locke's like, uh, yeah, I want a job. She's like, okay, what are you after? Uh, I applied for this position. I want it. It's construction. Yeah, I want it. No, you can't do it. No, I can. Don't tell me what I can't do. Well, I've got cancer. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Way to make it about you, Rose. <laughs> Locke is very difficult in the afterlife with everybody he talks to. He really is, but like, in, like I get, I get, I get what Rose is doing here. Like, the whole point is that, like, hey, like I got cancer. I was very like, you know, don't tell me what I can't do. But then I accepted it and did what I could. But I just kind of just like Rose. I've got cancer. It's like, okay. Uh, um. Who's right, Locke or Rose? I'm picking Rose. Like, I know that yes, people with disabilities can do things, but like, also be realistic. In all fairness, if he's a foreman, though, doesn't he just sit around and tell people what to do? Don't tell people what, what to do. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I'm with Rose on the point that if, if it's a physical type job, yes, but, like, I think, doesn't he say that he's, like, applying for, like, a, a foreman or something like that? Like, they, they literally sit in an office, like, a site foreman. Like, that they, you know. And that to would... be fair, even the construction workers, at least in Australia, aren't moving much. Well, exactly. Like... <laughs> Oh, Noah brought the sass. Oh, hello to all our uh, our construction workers who are listening. That's our second biggest dem- demographic while they're sitting around. Disabled construction workers. They're too busy listening to the Oz Network, get distracted, they become disabled. It's, it's our fault. It's like, ah, I love that episode. What's that? Ah! I get what Locke's thinking, but, like, you can't be on a construction site. And I'm all for, like, there are people in wheelchairs who can do more impressive things than I can do, but, but like, it's, let's but it's, be honest. Like, but you're right. And, like, this, again, not disrespectful. Like, I mean, I watched the Paralympics. These athletes are a thousand times better than anything I could ever do. But if all of a sudden it was like, hey, uh, Jim in a wheelchair, um, would you like to be, I don't know, uh, and uh, I, I can't think of something that they can't do. Um, <laughs> like, if you want to. Oh, you could still do that. If you want to be a professional ladder climber, um, then sorry. Yeah, a there we go, a roofer. A roofer, right? Like, like, okay, 
we could hoist you up there and you could <laughs> use your hands. Yes, but in all fairness, I could hire Noah for half that cost and I don't need to rig up an apparatus every day. But that would be nice if you could do that. I'm sure. Um, hoist me up. That would like, be fun. Like... I, yeah, I, I'm not getting into this. I've already dug enough holes today. Uh, so anyway, poor old Gummy Joe's waking up now. When when he wakes up here, room and he removes the sheet, does it look like he's got a stiffy? <laughs> he's got the white sheet between his legs, and I'm like, oh, okay, it does work. He's got his boner. Morning wood. <laughs> to go back to what you were saying, though, I'm almost certain that you can't just teach at a school as a substitute teacher without qualification it's i mean there's got to be a deleted scene or something because like like yeah exactly you couldn't just do unless, like all we need is like rose to be like okay uh well i've got something here substitute teacher and lock be like hey well i got my teaching degree but i never used it like i got stuck in a box cut like all you need to say is that right yeah i mean maybe maybe they can if they're desperate but i feel like that's not a thing I mean, this is a guy who, like, basically got fired for flying to the other side of the world for free. They're going to trust him at a teacher's lounge? <laughs> like, clearly. Um, nice scene between him and Helen, though. Uh, he wakes up with his stiffy, tries to sorry call Jackson. To, uh, hmm? Sorry to butt in, but I feel like it's very relevant right now. Uh, this is America. Across the country, every state, district, and school has different qualifications. At a minimum, you'll be expected to have a high school diploma and pass a background check. So basically, if you haven't touched any kids and you this went to America high school, we're talking about. Like, I've heard things about the American education system from my friends. So. Well, yeah, I mean, we should both move to America and become substitute teachers. The the bar is very low. Fifty percent of that I would do, um, but uh, I definitely substitute would never. Teacher. God, imagine that! Fucking hell! I end up probably at my old high school. That would just snug. I end up at snug primary. <laughs> I, Do you know Noah? Do you know Noah? <laughs> I don't know how it is in Australia, but I'm going to guess that it's probably a bit stricter than that. But yeah, like, the more you, you know, high school diploma you, and a background. Yeah. You remember having like a substitute teacher though, like a relief teacher as we'd call we it in Australia. They were, the, they were the best days, weren't they? <laughs> but we were so awful. I feel so bad. I remember one time we actually had our principal come in as a relief teacher and we are like, oh, fuck, so we were all very quiet that day. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, this shit got real. Um, yeah, nice, nice Helen. Now, I just can't believe how awful we were to substitute teachers. Well, Shame they deserve on. it. Shame on Well, these kids are very well behaved for their substitute. They <laughs> love old Gummy Joe. Um, oh, it's over there. Lot, lot, lot calls up Jack's office, hangs up. And then <laughs> curious, <laughs> curious <laughs> Helen, who was on the phone? Well, you're on the phone. Who are you talking to? I've seen it advertised. Um, Actually, at the time of uh, recording today, that happened to me. Someone called me up and hung up just as I answered. And it was someone I wasn't expecting a call from. So I don't sorry. know if they chickened out. Or... I, I got scared. Yeah. I get nervous when I call you. So I'm I called just... them about a minute later. They called back and I picked up, said hello, and then they... <laughs> Put it down. So Did you send them a message or ring them back? Uh, I rang them back one more time and they didn't pick up, so they're playing mind games with me. Is this a boy or a girl, Noah? It's a girl. And oh! It's not my mouth, but, uh, Is it Emily? Is it Emily? No, 
I mean, I'm not bragging. I'm basically saying... Noah's oh, got yeah, a girl's number. Noah's got a girl's number. Yeah. <laughs> she won't pick up and then calls and hangs up. Uh, Typical Noah. Can't even get a phone call, let alone a date. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I feel for Jack Shepard's office here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, he technically goes through, but she's like, can I help you? <laughs> like, no, like, no, you can't. Can you imagine working as a receptionist? You can even go, how can I help you? No, you can't. Oh. Okay. That's <laughs> like, is your fridge running? Yes, you better go catch it. <laughs> yeah. Um... So Locke uh, basically tells Helen here that he was going to go see, uh, oh, no, he's, he's, he went to Australia. He didn't uh, go on the retreat. He got rejected. I love how, like, he brings back classic season one line of don't tell me what you can't do. And I sat there and I said, don't tell me what you can't do. Um, his, his knives show up. I love Helen here when she opens the knives up. It's like, oh, my God, my fiance's a killer. But then nice old, nice old Helen here is just all basically like, you know, oh, I love you. Doesn't matter. I don't care that your dick doesn't work. Whatever. Um, Thanks, we'll, that was great. We'll, we'll get married, and oh, it's nice. And she rips up the card, um, and that uh, no matter what the circumstances, uh, she was only ever waiting for Locke. Oh, oh, oh. I don't believe that. Me neither. She's off with. Also. She's off with Fry and Al Bundy. So you know. Um, <laughs> But then we end the episode with our favourite substitute teacher, Locke. Uh, now, again, sorry if this sounds mean, but are they really going to put the guy in a wheelchair being a substitute teacher for gym class? Yeah, that one was a bit like, if I've got some guy in a wheelchair, like, yelling, run, demarcate, run. Like, I'm, uh, I'm feeling Teenagers are dicks. Teen- no, teenagers are dicks. Teenagers are going to be like, I tell you what, I'll run if you do. Like, come on. This uh, this school is the most unrealistic thing about Lost because if there was a substitute teacher and he was in a wheelchair and they were doing gym, these students would not be behaving and, the way they're behaving. And why are all these students girls? Like, why is Locke this, like, 50-something-year-old man in control of, like, 15-year-old girls? And can like, we talk about if there's one character on Lost that you do not want teaching sex ed, it's Locke. Oh. There's, there's no other character that you wouldn't... He's the last character that you would want teaching sex ed. Let me teach you about the human reproduction. But, but, like, the thing that's really dumb here is Locke, Locke's, like, reading through the book. He's like, chapter four, let's read about... Oh, the hu-. Like, he's shocked. There's a freaking diagram of a vagina and a uterus behind him. I knew that he was about to teach sex and I'm not even in that class. <laughs> like, come on. Do you, do you remember getting taught sex ed? Do you remember getting taught sex ed? Yeah, actually, we were taught by the most like awkward, nerdy teacher who we liked the teacher, but he was kind of the gummy Joe. Like, you did not want him teaching sex ed, so it was but, but, very awkward. In all fairness, who do you want teaching you sex ed? No, I'm not going to answer. Noah will tell me off air. Um, well, no, well, we're going to do this trap again. Right <laughs> You're going to fall for that trap again. Bringing up anything on or off air. I'd have Kate teach me sex ed. And Jack? And Jack. Gender neutral, all right? I'd have a sexy man and a sexy woman do it. So not like together. <laughs> not, not like getting naked and showing me. Like just like getting up on top of the st- Jack would be yelling like, this is a vagina and a penis. <laughs> Yelling at us. Daniel Faraday? He's a bit awkward, though. 
Yeah, but he'd make it entertaining. Daniel Faraday reminds me of um um Craig from from Utahs. It's a bit, you know. Niche reference. Yeah, like oh, oh all wow. the Utahs people would get it. But like it'd make like if Jim would be responsible. Claire. <laughs> this is oh, a vagina. <laughs> I'm going Desmond. He would be responsible. Oh, oh Penny. This is a vagina. Echo. <laughs> He would be responsible. <laughs> Hello. Welcome Hello. to Sex this is, this is a penis. <laughs> yeah. yeah Boom. I've got a penis. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gin. Wow. Ah, <laughs> oh, gin and sun would be sweet. <laughs> Lapidus. Uh, Rose and Bernard would be pretty good, actually. Oh, I'd watch their sex education. Um, have you watched yeah. that show? I've heard it's really good. Uh, it's okay. It's got Gillian Anderson in it, right? Yeah, she's good. Gillian Anderson. Gillian I Anderson. would learn sex ed from Gillian Anderson. Oh, hell yeah. As Scully. Like, oh, just in a pantsuit. And Mulder, Mulder and Scully teaching sex and the truth is in there. <laughs> Which host of the Oz Network would be the best uh, teaching sex ed? Colin. Oh, I'm not seeing that, eh? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Jamie. Jamie would be perfect. Come on. Jamie would just get into it. This is the boobs. This is the vagina. Baby, go in there. Boom. Done. You're sex educated. Uh, I mean, like... It's very important and it's just a very awkward thing to learn in school, but I feel like it's cruel to give this to the substitute teacher. Yeah, I think you could you could delay this a day. Like, just watch a video. Yeah. Uh, you can make her, like, like Miss Lapidus to come home uh, you, one day. Do, like, just come on. The one I, I don't actually ever remember doing sex ed in high school. I only remember doing it in primary school, but um, I remember always getting, like, jealous. Like, did you ever have the ones where, like, the girls got taken into a separate room to have the separate talk? And I was like, ah, why do they get a separate talk? I want to learn stuff. And I'm like, yeah, Ben, do you want to put a tampon in you? I'm sure that's valid for you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But technically, if they were taken to a separate room, you were also technically in a separate boys' room, but they didn't Yeah, really but we were, like, going back to math. Like, she took the little babies into the next room, right? Like, she had little babies and she undressed the babies and they had little, oh, this is a penis, this is a vagina. Ah, she said vagina. Uh, I, I remember in year seven, they did an exercise where we were allowed to come up with as many dirty words as uh, we could and he, the teacher wrote them on the board and would say them out loud. We uh, had a teacher do that but too. He wouldn't do the C word, so it kind of defeats the purpose of the exercise. Really. The best one I remember was in science class, and it was like, okay, today we're learning about batteries. Can anyone tell me battery operated device? It's like, vibrator. Yes, vibrator is one. And like, he put it up on the board. <laughs> oh, I love now teachers. Now they be charged like one of those portable chargers. Yeah. What? Charge portable chargers? What? On my phone, I can, like, charge it on a little docking thing. So what, your vibrator? Probably... No, I'm saying <laughs> if I can do it with my phone. What, use your vi- your phone as a vibrator? <laughs> well, you could what? do that as well. What's got to do with vibrators? <laughs> I'm saying if I can charge my phone on a portable docking thing, I can probably charge my vibrator nowadays. You don't need batteries. Oh, oh, you can. Like, you don't need batteries. Vibrators are charged via, like, power points yeah, so now. I'm saying times have changed and sex ed is probably very different from when you and I did it. But it's, well, like, Technology then, is a thing now. Or you just They've get the vibrators. Apps. 
you just get a vibrator where you plug it into the wall unit. It's even better. So it's more powerful. <laughs> then you have to be near the wall unit. That's not practical. But when are you not near a wall unit if you're masturbating with a vibrator? If I'm on my bed, I'm not in the middle of the ocean. Oh, finally I can find an outlet. Like I've got my battery. <laughs> I'm partial to the middle of the room. Well, I mean, you've got a weird bed set up. Like, generally, your bed is near a power outlet, Noah. Where are you using your vibrator? I'm Amish. <laughs> I think you say, I'm Arnold Palmer. Um, <laughs> Time to change. To People can charge things wherever they want. So, Except there, don't recharge your AirPods to listen to this crap. All so, anyway. What I'm is that your science lesson is now obsolete. Air, uh, old Gummy Joe. You have to say Air Gummy Joe. Uh, <laughs> the portable version coming soon from Apple. Um, he's scooting down the path, abuses a kid, grabs a kid by the arm. <laughs> Oi, sonny Jim, where's the teacher's lounge? <laughs> you couldn't do that in 2021. What? Like, I mean, you shouldn't be able to do this in 2010. Like, I mean, why is he grabbing this kid by the... If a teacher grabbed me by the arm and I went to high school back in the dark ages, I'd still be like, um, teacher abuse? Like, what are you doing? Like, and, come and on. The over there. Doesn't yeah, even point just- anywhere. He's literally like, you know, he just literally goes over there. The direction that he's going, like, <laughs> come on. Um, so old Gummy Joe goes into the teacher's lounge and we've got somebody complaining about coffee filters. And I'm just saying this right now, having lived in North America, this is fucking annoying when somebody does leave a coffee filter in the thing and doesn't redo it or at least throw it out. Rude. Um, and so he's like, I'm, I'm going to make an ex- I'm more about the people who don't clean up the dishes. That, well, that, that too. I'm on, I'm on all sides of those those That's debates. Very frequent in my office. If anyone is listening from well, my they're office. all all stupid. Everyone in your office. They're probably Trent Queen or something like that. So anyway, <laughs> um, who's this guy? Because Locke's all like, I prefer Earl Grey. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost a very Bond introduction, isn't it? Like it's just kind of like you walk into a well, not walk, wheel, your way into a room. <laughs> Goes into a room and then you just kind of like get somebody guy going, ah, change the coffee filters. Well, I prefer Earl Grey. Like, like, put yourself in this situation. I'm going to walk into a room one time in the middle of a conversation. I'm just going to be like, I prefer Earl Grey. I'm going to somebody turn around and be like, a tea drinker. That's good. I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> but it's Ben. That's that's uh, the big Oh, he would be perfect. So would Terry O'Quinn. But uh, perfect. Perfect uh, sort of plot twist here in the flash sideways at old Benjamin Linus European history uh, is... also, like, that's so niche. And, like, the way you introduce Ben Linus, European history. Is, like, is that what he teaches or is that, like, his PhD? Like, is that an American thing or is that just a TV thing? Well, I, I guess it's probably a TV thing. But I guess, like, if you're at a school and you're at a high school where you were there to teach subjects, not like you walk into a room, Benjamin Linus, grade three. Oh. John Locke, grade six. Yeah, but, yeah, but is uh, European history on the curriculum as a subject in an American high school? Probably. This looks like a pretty shitty low-income average Are high Are you school saying model. shitty low-income kids don't want to learn about Hitler and shit? Well, as a whole subject? Did you I do mean, European history as a whole I subject? I didn't do history until I got to year 11 as a separate subject. I'm sure I learned history in like SOS or whatever it was called. Uh, and I did 20th century history. That was very fascinating. Then when I went well, to high, um, which was European, but when I went to uni, I decided, oh, I actually like history now. I should have done this before. And I started doing like fucking the Dutch exploring the world in the 1600s. I'm like, oh, this is boring. Can we go back to Hitler killing the Jews? Like, that's more entertaining. 
Uh, Sorry to all our Jewish listeners. That wasn't entertaining for you, of course. Yeah, um, that's not entertaining. As in the the uh, the the uh, no, just just leave it, Ben. Uh, <laughs> the wheelchair we're users who work in construction are going to be furious with him. <laughs> I apologise on behalf of Hitler for what he did. Gummy um, Joe is doing all the subjects, and he's doing European history. Well, he's doing gym. I, I want Benjamin Linus to feel like Benjamin Linus sex ed. <laughs> Oh, it, uh, <laughs> reproductive system. European. There's a page for European history and it takes you to Ben Lyons. European reproductive systems. Um, I Look, I, I get what your point was where it kind of, it does feel a little bit, I guess, skewy from the, the mystery. But like, I don't know. I like that we're still kind of getting to see what they're up to in their sideways flash. Like I kind of, you know, that poor old Locke is, I guess, I mean, He's poor old Locke. Like, he's had a shit life. We saw it beforehand. And, of course, he's come back to this life. And the only thing that's different is that he's he's got a woman to go home to. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like it. Terry Quinn just – when you've got someone that engaging, like, it's just – it's entertaining. Katie Seagal's back. I mean, why wouldn't you be excited for that? Randy Nations is back. Random Hugo appearance. Why not? There's Rose. Uh, there's Ben. Like, it's, it, it is. It's the cameo episode of Locke. Of Locke. Locke starring Lost. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's not the best, but I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I mean, it's way better than the Kate one last week. Like, you're not cringing in this one. Um, but yeah, Terry O'Queen carries it for sure. And I like, I don't like Dr. Linus, but in small doses here, I like, I like Teacher Ben here. I, I don't think it really fits, but like just enjoy seeing these two together. Like they needed their, they were talking about doing a show together after last as playing two retired detectives. Like the, the, we were robbed that that never happened. Like, come on. I'd watch uh, that. But yeah, you're thinking about the teacher stuff. We get a lot of teacher stuff in Dr. Linus, which will have I thought that was this episode. I thought that this is what the episode was. And so, like, when I saw this, I'm like, wait, when, I thought he's a teacher. And then all of a sudden, like, at the end, okay. Um, yeah, it definitely feels, the tone, tonally, it feels like a season one, season two lock episode yeah. in terms of his flash, which I think they do a good job about that. But just as I said, like the stuff on the island is so dark and so ingrained in the mythology of the overall like show that then seeing like Ben complain about coffee filters just doesn't really fit. So it, it's good in its own on, on the chronological lost. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit mismatched, I think, but I like TV's Katie Seagal. It's not the last time we see her, though, as I see. We see her at least one more time. Uh, She's not in the church. She's a bit robbed. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, we've, we're all about people getting robbed on this show, not being in the church. Um, I mean, oh, Saeed's, getting, Saeed's getting teased for his, like, long-lost love in his own afterlife. <laughs> like, um, all the ex-girlfriends are getting shafted from the church. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, so I think we'll just do... Locke getting buried next. So this is pretty quick. Um, so the the Al Jazeera people, uh, Alana's having a cry. Ben basically comes in um, and says that the man in black killed Jay. I love, I love Ben, like, lying Ben. Like, oh, Locke killed him after turning into a, a big bit of smoke. 
And she's like, did you, did, did he also kill uh, Jacob? And Ben's like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Um, Alana is a bit of a grave digger here to steal some Jacob Ash. Mm, that must be his nose. He's such a bad actor. I'm oh. sorry to Nico Robinson, but it's just so soap opery against some like legends of TV here. I can't stand her. Just I just I have no interest in her at all. Um, and we find out the reason why that uh, the man in black took Richard, and Alana says that he is recruiting. Ooh, okay. Um, I love dead Gummy Joe here with a crab on his head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> poor old Gummy Joe's body. Um, and was it Lapita's? Basically, he's like, oh, it's getting a bit ripe. Uh, <laughs> Lapita's bringing the Sawyer's a bit emo this episode, so we needed a bit of Lapita's. I, I love emo Sawyer's in this episode, and his tidy whities and his wife beater just chilling around his house, <laughs> listening to country music, drinking whiskey. Um, but uh, basically, they've they've got to go. Uh, son and Alana have a bit of a thing here, and oh, son just being like zombie son again. What she go? Oh, what do you know about my husband? I want Alana to be like, oh, I had sex with him the other day. Like he's pretty good. Uh, liar! Ah, catfight! Total telenovela. But um, you got something to do. Come on. Yeah, like you know, we're gonna find. And if he's if if Jin's anywhere, he's gonna be at the temple. So let's all go to the temple. Um, they're gonna bury. All, why don't they just bury Gummy? Like, how long do they have to walk to get back to their old beach? Back to the Boone Booneral Hill. Boone Hill. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty long walk, so um, I do uh, like sort of questioning Ben. Like, why did you need to bring the body? And it's just like, oh, we needed to show you what you're up against, and that we also find out. Uh, it's expositional Ben, basically, here, just uh, filling in some plot points here to essentially be like, oh, well, what's stopping Locke from going into another dead body? And we get Alana going, no, he is now stuck in Locke's body. Ooh. I don't, I don't twist. get that because he wasn't stuck in Christian Shepard's body because we saw him show up as Yemi. We saw him show up as Alex Russo. Is this because that uh, Jacob's dead, though? Maybe. Because do we not find out an answer to this? Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe I, you I, love I season that. six. <laughs> I, um, I can't remember that, that. Let's go with that. We have a funeral for the. I mean, how long's Locke been dead for? And he's getting another funeral. Like, here he goes, finally getting buried in the ground. Poor old Locke's corpse has been. Why is I still don't get why Locke's corpse isn't a bit rotten. Like, yeah, it's still been a week at least. There's some greenery in the fingers. There's some rigor mortis going on. Than I look now. Exactly. Uh, the island, like, does wonders. But we get another classic lost funeral. <laughs> it's almost like oh, Saeed again. <laughs> I didn't know Locke very well. But I he was at a... funeral. <laughs> we needed a boat in the distance or something going along there. Like, but uh, yeah, I do... funeral ever. Michael Emerson, amazing again, though, in the little as he's got. Like, just this moment when he's just like, yes, yeah, so... Um, Locke, he was a believer, a man of faith, a much better man than I ever will be. Sorry I murdered him. <laughs> and then just walks off. <laughs> I just love the look at everyone's face like, okay. It's and then the piece- eulogy, but that's still a pretty good Locke-style funeral eulogy there. But I love Lapidus. He's just basically like, weirdest damn funeral I've ever been to. <laughs> I just love, they just accept it. Just, oh, there's Ben. Just killing someone again. But, I mean, it's fine. Like, 
Michael Emerson steals it. Of course he does. I mean, Terry Quinn, pretty good dead body acting. Let's be honest, I believe he's dead. Um, but why, like... Who gives a shit about Alana? Why do they walk for, like, multiple hours in the hot, beaming sun with rotten frickin' lock corpse here um, just to bury him back next to Boone and Echo and the gang? Boone, the guy that he basically was responsible for killing. Exactly. Like, I mean, come on. Like, (laughs) you don't bury Hitler next to some of the people that he, like, gassed in a a chamber. Like, I mean, that's a bit disrespectful. Don't bring up Hitler, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was the first thing that came to mind. Um, You've got Hitler on the mind. Hitler on the mind, the Ben Waterworth story, coming to cinemas this fall. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, it's a a throwback. I get it. But, you know, you had a beach. Perfectly good sand there. Bury it underneath the temple. I mean, if Locke wants to be buried anywhere, not the temple, the foot, whatever it is. Like, I mean, he's a man of, like... No one else got a coffin like that. He's got a whole box. Well, exactly. Why are they carrying him in a sheet? Carry the fucking coffin. Give the locked yeah. dead body tour of the island, you know, and there's I mean, the plane. It's nice to have a funeral for him, I guess, but the way it's kind of juxtaposed with the, the man in black, I guess it works pretty well, having a funeral, even though the guy's walking around the island right now. It's pretty cool. Is he the only character to get two funerals? <laughs> He's the only character who's died twice. Well, doesn't he die a third time, technically, <laughs> as well? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's it. Uh, so the final part of this is, uh, I guess, old gummy Joe as the man in black. Um, it's the buddy cop drama of, uh, Sawyer and, uh, Smoke Monster. I do like this beginning though, the, the Smoke Monster POV (laughs) shots. Um, do you like the (laughs) POV? Nifty 2010 POV smoke monster shots. It's pretty cool. Like this is pre-drones, isn't it? So like, how how do they do this? This is pretty cool. They got a real smoke monster. Probably. But I kind of like it when he's like going like click, 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 and goes to the house and we hear like lang, 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 like the yellow house. And he's going around, finds a, a machete. And he's just been keeping Richard up in a fucking hammock for like. <laughs> like Richard Albert has had a tough three days because he was building his little boat a few days ago. No, he's up <laughs> in a little sheet getting knocked down. Poor Richard. Why? why, why? Why is he just, like, hanging him up on this thing and then all of a sudden just goes, okay, you can go. <laughs> like, dick smoke monster. Uh, but he's like, it's time to talk. Um, and that uh, basically that um, he has always wanted for Richard to come to him and we find out uh, Richard asks him why the man in black looks like Locke and the man in black says that he knew that John could get him close to Jacob because he was a candidate. Now, is this the first time we've heard the word candidate before? Yeah. Ooh, what's that going to mean? Uh, no, didn't we hear it in the premiere, maybe? Possibly. From Dogen, maybe, when they showed up with the guitar case, maybe? Yeah, that's 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 true, probably. Yeah, we pay attention. We're, we're big Lost fans, clearly. Um, and that I like it here when kind of Richard doesn't really know what's going on and what's he talking about. And then Locke's just basically like, oh, so you followed Jacob around this whole time and didn't even know why you were following him for essentially. Um, and then nice man in black. I'll never keep you in the dark, Richard. It's okay. You can come with me. And Richard's just like, no, I'm not doing it. But then all of a sudden we see, according to Lostpedia, a mysterious blonde boy. Uh, <laughs> Um, to which uh, Richard doesn't... 
Colin, is he the mysterious blonde? That's what I call him, the mysterious blonde boy. Okay, he's Colin. Uh, Colin's in the jungle. Uh, Richard doesn't see Colin. Um, And basically, uh, Locke says, come with him again. Uh, Richard uh, walks away and saying, I will see you sooner than you think to Richard. Um, So poor old Richard. Um, Then old gummy black monster guy goes to... Sawyer's house and Sawyer's having a party by himself. He's got some country music going on. He's trashed the place. He's sitting in his tidy whitey. Country music. Can I just say, like, that is Iggy Pop. And is that Iggy Pop? This, I'm like, I never thought we would ever hear Iggy Pop or Lost of all shows. Goes to show I know my Iggy Pop if I'm thinking that's country music. But, hey, sure, what do I know? Um, I listen to Madonna, so, hey. Um <laughs> Sawyer's in his tidy whities and his wife beater. I kind of like his reaction when he just sees him and he's just like, I thought you were dead. And he's like, I yeah. am. I, I love Sawyer in this episode. I know he's a bit emo, but, like, Josh Holloway's great going from drunken emo exactly. Sawyer to, like, mysterious and, like, confused Sawyer. Um, so I love him pouring the glass of whiskey. He's like, glug, 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 glug. That's Noah. Kevin is so good as well. Like when he gets that glass given to him as the smoke monster, like his acting is the best on television. I I, I think it's just this is just Noah on a Saturday night recording Double Oz Seven, just like fucking. <laughs> I like my beer and just keeps yeah, drinking. I was getting jealous of Sawyer's night there, playing some Iggy Pop, having some beers and whiskey, no clothes on. That sounds like my kind of night in. That's COVID night in. I, I like his kind of reaction here when um, Locke's kind of like, oh, you know, I because oh, I should say he kind of says, what do you say, like, you're not John Locke, like, who are you? Like, who are you? Because, like, you're, Locke was scared. You're not scared. But I kind of like him where he's like, I don't care, you know, if you're time traveling, if you're dead, a ghost, whatever, uh, like, get out of my house. Um, Locke's basically like, this isn't your house. You've only lived there for a short time, um, which is kind of like, ooh, okay. Um, and then I love this kind of locks basically like, oh, I can tell you the answer to the most important question. So I was like, what is that? Why you're on the island? And I love Sawyer. My plane crashed. My boat blew up. Uh, the helicopter was too heavy. That's why I'm on the island. Because like, I actually That's keep forgetting that line of the Sawyer has not left the island. Like it's kind of, you kind of take that for granted, don't you? Like everyone's left the island at some point clearly and they come Jim back. But- and Claire. And Jin. Him, Claire, and Jin, and Rose and Bernard. Yeah, and and Vincent. Vincent's never left the island. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so basically Locke's like, oh, that's not the reason. I don't know why he's like Darth Vader now. Um, But you can come with me. (laughs) (laughs) Sawyer, I am your father. Um, Conversation in the jungle. Basically Locke's going, why aren't you with your friends? Uh, in the temple, and Sawyer's like, because I'm not. And then the boy shows up again, and, oh, Sawyer can see the boy. There's Colin. He's back. Um, <laughs> and uh, Locke chases him into the jungle, and the boy stops and is like, you know the rules. You can't kill him. It's like, ooh, what's going on here? This kid actually thought Colin started when the boy shows up. He's acting like you tell him. He's like, what the hell is going on? This is Justin Bieber, let's be honest. Um, but we get we get a a double dose of uh, Locke's one-liner. Don't tell me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do. Uh, I do love how Don't Tell Me What I Can't Do has its own page on Lostpedia. <laughs> Don't Tell Me What I Can't Do is a frequently spoken phrase on Lost. It is considered John Locke's catchphrase by many fans. 
Literally, there's a whole section of every time he says it. And there's even a video compilation on uh, Lost Pedia's page. Oh, I'll that You will do. The phrase inspired the song, Don't Ever Tell Locke What He Can't Do by Monine. The song does not make use of the phrase, however. I've never heard of that. Have you heard that song before? No. There you go. That's it. I wish, wish that could be our closing, uh, closing scene, closing credit. Um, so, uh, basically... Uh, poor old uh, Sawyer's wondering where old Gummy Joe's gone. Richard, here he is, back again. And he's like, uh, <laughs> here he is, Richard. It's just like, um, you know, don't don't go to the temple because uh, the man in black will kill everyone there. Uh, and Sawyer's like, no, he's going to give me answers. And I love Richard just runs back into the jungle. Guys hang out with old squirrel baby Claire. Um, and I like uh, Locke here, basically. Uh, Sawyer's like, who was that boy? What boy? There was no boy. Who is he kidding? Like, what happened to the boy? There is no boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wipes his face. What were you doing with that boy? <laughs> um, I like them walking through the jungle here. And I'm sure, did you pick up on the line here, the Ben Waterworth line here? We're basically, so it's like, do you read books? And I'm like, sure, who doesn't? I did think, I did think yep. about you. Talks about... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge Steinbeck fan. I've got all of his books here. So are you I'm actually being serious? Yeah, like, literally. So have you Steinbeck read Of Mice all. and Men? Yeah. I, uh, wow. No, it literally <laughs> has Of Mice and Men. <laughs> wow. Um, I can show you a book. Um do you want to read the Australian Survivor Season 1 official handbook? Uh, behind the scenes of Australian Survivor? Up there with Mice and Men? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Noah's, Noah's bored of this episode. He's reading again. I just, yeah, George, uh, I hear you. Curly looks in. Carlson says, now what the hell you suppose is eating them, Cougar? Wow. Yeah, so I, I was but I was thinking, like, you've not read it, like, Spoilers, Sawyer. He just tells the ending of Mice and Men. I'm guessing there's but, Mice yeah, and Men. Happy. I'm a huge Steinbeck fan, so I was happy to hear the reference. Not <laughs> Noah my gets wet. Noah gets wet for Steinbeck, basically. Um, yeah, I was getting wet for Steinbeck, but he's, not my he's favorite in... Steinbeck, but still it's up there. Noah has never seen Spider-Man 3, but has read Steinbeck, so... Um... <laughs> Are you using that as an offense? Because I'm happy I think so. That. I mean, most people probably wouldn't think so because everyone hates Spider-Man 3. I like it, so, you know, <laughs> uh, sure. You hate Steinbeck. What would you prefer, Steinbeck or Shrek? Oh. <laughs> Track <laughs> novelization written by Steinbeck. I my biggest dream in life right now is to hang out with you again in person and watch Shrek together. Oh yeah, I'm I'm there. And eating I'm eating popcorn each. Eating a palmy from the ocean child. Oh, I'm there. And we can I'm getting Noah wet. <laughs> I'm not reading with you. That's, oh, that's oh, too complicated. How about we Get some dinner. We watch Shrek, and then I'll read to you. I'll read As I'm in bed, as I fall asleep, you caress my hair. Good night, Ben. Kiss me on the head. I don't know if Josh Holloway is on cameo, but maybe we could get him to read it for us. That would be good. 
how how we should do that on like cameo? We should get like Emily to Raven to read like off phone. <laughs> like how much do they think they it's only like a minute, right? Like, okay, Emily to Raven, I'm paying you three hundred dollars for my minute. I want you to read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, I could get her to read that Princess Who Lost a Nose story that I wrote many years ago. Do they oh. do plugs on cameo or is that against the cameo rules? Do they do what on Cameo? Plugs. Like, can we get Emily Duravan to give an Oz Network plug? I I don't know. Like, I, the one that I really want to do is Dylan Walsh, uh, one of the two main stars of Nip Tuck, is on there, and he's only, like, 80 bucks. Like, he's not expensive. And I just want to, like, get him to read a statement saying, like, hi, Ben and Nick, we love the Oz Network. Nip Tuck recaps are great, <laughs> and I will be appearing as a guest coming soon. Like, I just want to, like, get him to say that so he's forced to come on as a guest. Like, why not? I love the Steinbeck reference, uh, but that's actually a callback to you. Remember Ben and Sawyer were talking about it on the Hydra Island after he got the needle bomb stuck in him and he talked about Lenny. And Yeah. Uh, but I love the line. Like, it's a little silly, but I love it so much. A, l- a little after my time. Yeah. <laughs> of course the man in black's not reading Steinbeck. For him, that was like two years ago. Here, okay, sorry, I'm listening, but uh, Emily DeRaven, okay, $212 on Cameo for personal use, for business, engaging video content for your company, customers, or employees, $1,763. Yes, screw that, Emily. Wow. And also, you can do Cameo calls. Emily DeRaven isn't using Cameo calls yet. Let them know you're interested in a one-on-one video call. Ooh. Yeah, because interview her covertly. Uh, well, I know we've gone through, but she's done 100 and, at least 160 of them, 160 reviews she's got, um, including recently Joe a year ago. Five stars. Thank you, Emily. That was the kind of pick-me-up my friend needed. You're so sweet. We love you. Joe loves you in Santa's sleigh. Yes, Carrie and Once Upon a Time. He's a big Rumbell fan and love when you fell from the curtains into Rumpel's arms. Can't say that I wouldn't mind that myself. You're a stunning actress and we hope to see plenty more of you. Ow. Stunning. Wow. Um, did we, we went over this last time that we were lost. Any new ones here? Terry O'Quinn? 282 bucks. Um, Mark Pellegrino, $71. Pretty cheap. Um, the Oz Network's Francois, Francois Chow, been on the show. I didn't have to pay $141 for him, but you do. He's uh, more expensive than Mark Pellegrino. Got to say. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Cynthia Watrous is uh, $423. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks, Cynthia. I could, I could literally get a cameo from Emily DeRaven and Terry O'Quinn and still have change left over before I could afford getting Cynthia Watros. Um, Henry Ian Cusack's only $212. And Freddie Lane, who was the marshal, $141. Okay. Uh, I, I think, like, I mean, I'd put out, if I had money, I would totally get, like, Emily DeRaven... Uh, and Terry O'Quinn and Henry and Cusack just to all give like a shout out. Listen to the Oz Network, brother. <laughs> That'd be good. Just uh, to sort of go backwards, uh, this is quite an interesting connection because movies John Terry uh, plays the role of Slim in the film adaptation of, of Mice and Men. Wow, okay. Maybe so I should we watch can, it. We can watch Of Mice and Men with 
movies John Terry and Gary Sinise. Is in it was a Gary Sweet. Got excited well, there. <laughs> the next best thing after Gary Sweet. So. Yeah, Gary Sinise like is a poor. I like Gary Sinise, but he's a poor man's oh, man, version. Gary <laughs> the, be- the best connection with Gary Sinise ever is from Forrest Gump when he's like, if you become a shrimp boat captain, I'm going to become an astronaut. And then he was in Apollo 13. So uh, he, he was an astronaut. In a, I bet mind. you that's on the series of the Forrest Gump media. <laughs> when are we covering Forrest Gump on the Oz Network? Great, great movie. Do you like Forrest Gump? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Would you watch Shrek or Forrest Gump? Shrek. <laughs> Forrest Gump or Apollo 13? Forrest Gump. Apollo 13. I don't like or- Apollo 13. You don't like Apollo 13? What's wrong with you? Boring. Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, and Bill Paxton in a spaceship for two hours with Gary Sinise on the side. That is like a perfect movie. Yeah, but there's no aliens. Who gives it? Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, and Bill Paxton in a spaceship for two hours. That's my dream. Space movies without aliens are boring. I would love to be locked in a capsule with those three for, like, Four days, however long they're stuck up in space for. No. Eh. no. Tom Hanks would be great and lost. Oh, yeah, he would be great. He would be able to play Locke, I think. He'd be able to do all the characters. I think it would just be Tom Hanks is putting on a wig. I'm Kate. I'm Claire. Um, he'd be great. Maybe not his son, though. Uh, Colin Hanks is okay. I don't no, know not him. Haven't you seen his son? Oh, he's got another one, has he? He's got a son that has tattoos everywhere and he's called like Chad or something and he was sings oh. like mumble rap songs and he says Of course like, he's called Chad. Why is he called like, Chad? And he shows up just saying... What about Rita Wilson? Things. What about their mother, Tom Hanks' wife? We like Rita Wilson. She's nice. Yeah. She could yeah. play Claire. She, <laughs> she'd be a better Claire than Emily Durabin. Um Anyway, so this whole speech about Mice and Men... He's reading it, talking about it, and then he's, I don't know, whatever happens in Master Men, there's a betrayal or something. So, like, he pulls a gun out and points it at Locke's head. I love Locke. Why don't you just shoot me then? I just <laughs> want Sawyer to just go bang. Okay. And shoot him. Um, and I like this kind of speech, though, from the man in black. He's like, I've been trapped for so long that I don't know what it's like to be free anymore. Like, I was a man once like you. Um, not like me. Not like Sawyer. Sawyer's a real man, Locke. Like, come on. That man's packing in more ways than one. getting a better plastic surgery by season six. He was that close-up shot when he's pointing that gun was looking a bit Joan Riversy. I don't think Josh Holloway needs surgery. He's an attractive man. Oh, I don't think so either. I like here on uh, Lost Peter. He prods Sawyer to continue following. (laughs) Ooh. Um, (laughs) This sounds even right, actually. Let's read it this way. He prods Sawyer to continue following him because Sawyer is so close now. Oh, wow. Kinky lock. Um, so we get to a cliff. We see a ladder. They climb down oh, this ladder. Cool. A bit of tension going on with the ladder as poor old Sawyer nearly dies, breaking this. Oh, I would not climb down that ladder. Oh. Fuck off. No, no way. Yeah. It's uh, I've seen enough movies with like rickety old wooden rope ladders and bridges to know that you never get on one of those. Um, but we get into a. Where, where they filmed it or? Not how they filmed this ladder falling. Probably like a bit of camera trickery, some editing, stunt doubles, you know. What am I saying? We have a smoke monster point of view at the beginning. They can do anything. <laughs> I want to know, like, whereabouts is this filmed? Um, Hawaii. Well, like, whereabouts in Hawaii? The cliffs the of cliff. Hawaii? Um, 
<laughs> so they go into this cave uh, and I like this kind of scale system. And I love uh, Lockie throwing a white rock into the uh, ocean. What did you do that for? Inside joke. <laughs> such a great meta joke because it works on so many levels. It works on the whole light and dark theme of Lost. It works on the whole Jacob and Man in Black rivalry. And it works so much on the lock and Walt with the checker pieces uh, on the pilot. It's such a great joke because it works on about five different levels. I like it here when basically Sawyer's like, this is why you got me down here for to see some rocks. Uh, and he's like, no, this is why. And we see on the ceiling, we see all these different names uh, all scratched into the rock. I was trying to look out for Boone's name crossed out. I couldn't see it, though. So uh, see a few there on the wall. But um, we, of course, see the remaining names, which all just happen to be connected to certain numbers that we know as well, right? Um, so number 23 is Shepherd, And I love the swear. That's Jack. <laughs> and it's like number eight, Reyes. That's Hugo. <laughs> number 16, Gerard. That's that's zombie. Funny that you pointed that out because I'm like, are they really going to do this for all of the names? And then they're like showing the clip, like the flashbacks, and oh yeah, that's a bit cheesy. I don't like that. Like, and, and what did they they show a flashbacks earlier in the episode that was completely unnecessary as well? I can't remember. I don't remember that. What it was, but there was another flashback. I but yeah, like did flashback. we have a flashback of seeing Jack and Jacob again? Was that, and is that like because I I see here that on the um the cast list that uh is is like they they've credited Jack as appearing in this episode because he's in a flashback like yeah. does Matthew Fox get a bigger check that week because well technically you appeared so the union is going to pay you your full allowance this week Jack um but yeah so we obviously see all the names so the names of course are Jack, a Hugo, a Saeed, Quan, we don't know whether that is Jin or Sun. Ooh. Uh, now, and Locke. I in the interim between last episode went back and checked my my info and Korean women do not take their husband's name. Ah. Uh, so I didn't want to come on here sprouting fake news last week but I was right. So this is just manufactured like Let's put another mystery in, but this never goes anywhere. Like this was one of the dumber mysteries of Lost. I think, I think like, it's oh, more of a. Why wouldn't they have both of them though? But it's more of a case of just they're Americanizing something for Americans, right? Like Americans don't know that about no, Korea. But why wouldn't he have both of them down as candidates? Why would serious? Why not? Like we don't know if it's Sun or Jin. It's like, well, why not? It could both be of the them? baby. Yeah, it could even be the baby, but uh, so it's it's like because clearly we are assuming he wrote these names not like recently. So mm. why would why would Quan and Quan wife not be both on there? I do like uh, the the line there when it's like why are the numbers beforehand, and he's like, oh, he had a thing for numbers. Um, and then of course he's crossing out poor old Locke's name while he's telling him about Ford and basically saying that, oh, at some point in your life, you would have met Jacob. And so he's like, I never met Jacob. Now, <laughs> when you, when you take this line out of, uh, isolation, this kind of sounds wrong about a man meeting a small child. At some point in your life, he came to you when you were vulnerable or miserable. He came to you, manipulated you, pulled your strings like you were a puppet and resulted you in choices that you made, never really choices. He was pushing you. So basically, Jacob was a pedo. Um, well, we saw what like he's like with Kate. 
It sounds like how Locke was treating that kid at the school. Yeah, exactly. Why isn't um, Kate's name on that wall? Uh, it is, but it's crossed out. Oh, right. Okay. Good to know that That's I paid attention. That's one of the mysteries. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, what was I going to say? It's like, I kind of like, Terry O'Quinn is so good, but I like how this is sort of now creating doubt, like, because it's not, because the man in black is telling us, like, no, none of this means anything, and but we don't know as viewers, so we're like, oh, is the man in black actually not bad? Is Jacob, like, really creepy? And so I like the doubt that this episode sort of puts into which he will because he's, he's got these three things here, isn't he? Where it's basically like you can have a job. Like, what does it pay? What are the benefits? Do I get a weekend off? Um, and it's like, coming up. I need a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, that he he's their job. Your job will be to protect the island. Um, and I love he's like, what needs protecting? And uh, Man in Black's like, nothing. That's the joke. It's just a damn island. Um, so that the Man in Black is searching for the people who are candidates. Uh, Jacob thinking that it was his job to protect the island. And then he basically tells Soy that he has three options from this point on. So his options are do nothing, see how all of this plays out, and possibly your name will get crossed out. Uh, two, take over Jacob's job and protect the island. Or three, we just go. We get the hell off this island and we never look back. We do that together. Ah, flirty man in black. And they live happily ever after. And, of course, the man in black is like, are you ready to go home, son? Not really say son, but I'm just having that line in there because it works. And then so I was like, hell yes. Uh, so, ooh, mystery, mystery, mystery. Yeah, I remember watching this the first time and being, like, mind blown. Like, this this whole episode succeeds because it now feels like, okay, we're heading towards the end. And there. The, even with the stuff with the funeral and the other characters and, oh, we're going to head off to the temple, the whole episode feels like, okay, we're heading towards, it feels like the stakes are now high. Uh, uh, and then I, watching this the first time and later in the season, we can get into some of the issues with the candidates because there's issues. But just being like, holy crap, these characters all have their names written in this cave that in the middle of a cliff like i'm i can vividly remember seeing this the first time uh more so than the first three episodes really like this this sort of blew my mind and then with all the numbers and everything uh so this this is a sort of great setup uh for the rest of the season to come i guess whether or not they made the right decisions of what actually happens in the season that's another question but for what we got this is a great setup I, yeah, I, I agree. And I think like, I don't know, like there's still something about this, even knowing about, like, I just, I just watched this episode. I'm like, wow, okay, this is kind of cool. And like kind of takes you back there to it. So, and maybe again, that's just why I'm a bit more of a fan of season six than you are, because I just think it just, whenever you watch a final season of a show and it's kind of still got that allure to it, or you just want to keep watching, even if you know what's happening and you've seen it before, like, I've never looked at the final season of Lost like some other TV shows where I know like we did Nip Tuck and Third Watch on this show and both of those seasons ranked at the bottom of my season rankings as not the greatest seasons and you can kind of tell they're on their last legs. Whereas I never, I mean, you probably disagree with this, but I never, it never feels like to me this last season, knowing it's the last season, feels like the show's on its last legs because you feel it's building to something and it kind of does, in my opinion anyway. So, yeah. 
fact that they knew it was going to end, I think, helps stop it from feeling like it's on its last legs, like other shows where they maybe don't know when they're going to end or they've gone on for 10 years. So I can see that. So a few things with the trivia. The title of this episode has multiple meanings. The choice the characters must make to become a substitute for Jacob or not. John Locke becoming a substitute teacher. Thanks, Lostpedia. Lostpedia on Ajira 3116, 3116, 316, substituting for Christians on Oceanic 815, and the man in black taking Locke's form as a substitute for his previous one. Um, I like this one. Locke uses the same brand of alarm clock as Desmond did in Flashes before. Finally, we can cross that theory off. Um, I was right. Uh, what I said before about why he can't change form. On the March 11, 2010 podcast, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Q stated that Jacob's death is very likely to have caused a man in black to be stuck in Locke's form. Um, For lack of a better description, the smoke monster has been described by fans as making roller coaster noises. In the scene where the camera shows the smoke monster's point of view, the cinematography resembles the experience of riding a roller coaster. Oh, I would say not really. I would say more clicking noises. Yeah, I would too. Um, apparently, 34 episodes ago, we first saw Locke dead, and now he's finally buried. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I love production notes here. Again, going back to our point of dear old our hero Jack appearing in this episode and being credited, Matthew Fox becomes the first cast member to appear in 100 episodes. I mean, like, does he... Does, does, I mean, I'm sure, the again, the union... We just uh, need to into one really important episode of a TV show, and so we're always being shown. Yeah. Um, nothing else really exciting here, I don't think. Um, when Locke contemplates calling Jack's office for the free consult that was offered to him, different versions of Jack's business card are shown. Ooh. Thanks for the update, Lostpedia. Um... Questions and answers. Questions and answers. What are the names? Why are the names on the the ceiling, the roof, the cave? Yeah. Well, well, we kind of know why. Why are they the candidates? Yeah, why are they candidates? There is a question there. I don't really know what the question is. Why are they candidates? Uh, And then is it Sun or is it Jin? Why are the names on the ceiling the candidates? Is it sun or moon or gin? Uh, uh, why is Kate's name crossed off? Why is Kate's name crossed off? Um, who is the blonde boy? Who is the little boy? Who is he? Who is <laughs> the blonde boy? Um... How did Locke become a substitute teacher? <laughs> Where yep. is the teacher's lounge? Oh, wait, we answered that. <laughs> Will Helen and Locke get married? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, do we have Not any answers? No answers. Uh, did we ask why Jacob visited the people or not? No, maybe. Uh, we got what is a candidate, but we haven't gotten that answered. Or have we? Uh, maybe hold off. We kind of got a half answer. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's about it, I think. Who stole Noah's stapler and scissors? No, do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Um, What are you doing with this episode, Noah Groves? 
I'm going to rent. Ah. What? You thought I was going to buy it? Yeah. Ah, uh, no, there's not enough here. Uh, I wouldn't even say a high rent. I'd say like a mid rent. Like, I don't mind the flash sideways stuff, but it's not great. It's just like lock going around, meeting all these people. Uh, there's some good stuff. Terry O'Quinn is amazing in this episode as both Deadlock and Dummy Joe, Man in Black. Uh, Josh Holloway is great. I, I love the cave stuff and the in, in-joke stuff, but I don't know. It's There's not enough there. It's more of a puzzle piece sort of episode. Uh, nice to have some lock stuff, but I don't know. It's not a bin. I, I mean, it's not a buy. I don't view this as like a, a classic episode of Lost. Like, it's fine when you watch it, you move on, you probably forget about it, and it's that. It doesn't really have those iconic moments. So I'm going rent for this. Kind of like the Oz Network. You, you move on, you forget about it. It's not a standout podcast i'm buying it i enjoyed it i like the mystery on the island i like the kind of lock and gummy joe going an adventure um and kind of i'm engaged enough by the locks i know i I get it. it's kind of pointless and like the alana stuff who gives a shit it's over and done within five seconds so i kind of like it i like panicky richard and poor old richard getting tied up and oh oh, no dude he'll kill me um so i'm buying it i am rating this at number 57 so I've got this uh, basically in that whole log pile of all the season five episodes from last season. So I've got this just below this place is death and just above Namaste uh, in my rankings. And for those, for those playing at home, Hollywood Reporter has this at number 50. So they're around about thereabouts with what I'm thinking. So oh, you can drive for the Hollywood Reporter. I'd love to write for the Hollywood Reporter. I'd love to have a job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they got paid for. Uh, next week. We go oh. to Lighthouse, that really shit song from Amity on that first season of The Block. Um, now, I vaguely remember what happens in this episode, but uh, <sighs> judging by your reaction, you're not a fan of it. So uh, shall we get excited for Noah Complains More about Season 6 next week? Maybe I should have uh, bought this one because it's, it's a bit grim around it, what Kate does, and I'm not a Lighthouse fan. Uh, not the song. I've never heard the song. Um, Don't listen to it. And the thing for helping ships, I have no opinion on. But have you been in uh, a lighthouse before? Yeah. Uh, oh no, that was a shop tower. No. 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 no yeah. No. I don't think I have either. I've seen one around the no, twist. We've got a week to do it. Um. Yeah, it's it's Jack's last like proper episode just for Jack. Uh, Jack, Jack being a daddy. Daddy Jack. Jacob having a weird pervy lighthouse. More crap at the temple. But we get some fun Jack and Hurley stuff. And we get Shannon's. We get the mystery solved that we've been all dying to know of what happened to Shannon's inhaler. So that will be good to. Uh, so there are a few things. I like Jack and Hurley together on a mission, but this is not a good episode of Last. Uh, this substitute is better, I think. So. Not really looking forward to it. And after that's Naveen's episode, and then we have Dr. Lyas. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You'll probably buy it. We'll get, probably. Get excited, though, because Damon Lindelof's mother is in next week's episode. Oh, so yeah, I not know that She appears in the non-speaking role as one of the judges at David's performance. So... Mm. 
Ooh. Uh, in the meantime, listen to our 24 and our Breaking Bad coverage and our other movie ones if we've got any of them happening at the moment. Listen to our other shows. They're pretty good too. Noah doesn't appear on those. Well, he appears on one of them. But, uh, you know, if you don't like Noah and you like me, then you can listen to the other shows because Noah doesn't give a shit about the Olympics. He's not going to talk about the Olympics. So bring bring it on no. there and listen to uh, Off the Podium, an award-nominated podcast. I like this crap you're listening to right now. Um, but until we next speak again, my name is Ben and you are a very sweet man. Uh, my name is Noah and no, you can't help me. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)